Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about how to coach your people. Laurel was no-nonsense. Whether talking about her kids or her enormous workload, Laurel cut to the chase. With Laurel, there was no drama. The goal for my coaching with Laurel, perhaps unsurprisingly, had been to warm her up. And we had. That was two years ago, and she had risen quickly since then. Recently, she reached out to me asking if we could have a Zoom coffee. I said, sure. After we had caught up, she told me her reason for calling. Her new boss was evangelizing that all his direct reports had to become coaches as well as bosses. He believed having bosses who were coaches would keep people engaged. He saw it as a retention strategy. Laurel said, personally, I think it's insulting to professionals like you, as if I could do what you do just because he tells me to? I don't think so. Why not, I asked. Well, for starters, I don't read people like you do, Tom. I said, I don't know that you have to. I don't think your boss is expecting you to turn into a professional coach. I think he's asking for a certain set of behaviors, a certain way of thinking. She asked, and you think it's in my reach? <laughs> Are you kidding, Laurel? You? Yes. Okay, she said. Good. That's why I called. So, can you turn me into a coach before the end of the call? I really need some help. For me, this was like treats to a dog. I said, you bet. I rubbed my hands together, smiling, and I said, I'm going to teach you a model. Four steps. When you want to coach one of your people, just think of these four steps. They're good. You ready? Shoot, she said, picking up her pen and adjusting her pad. I said, grow. That's the acronym, G-R-O-W. As she wrote, she said, tidy bit of naming. I said, it's been around forever. There was this guy in the 1980s who's like the grandfather of leadership coaching, Sir John Whitmore. He came up with this back then, and it has lasted. It works. So here we go, four steps. I said, the G in GROW stands for goal. I don't know if you remember back when you and I first met, we had a lot of goal-setting conversations. Our very first conversation was about goals for the coaching. She said, yeah. And again with Alejandra. She was my boss back then, you remember? She told us her goals. I remember that conversation. And I said, after your 360, we talked about goals again. That was when we really locked them in. She said, wait, are, are you saying I'm going to talk with my people about goals like that over and over? That doesn't seem right. Why not? I asked. Well, I'm their boss. Aren't I the one who's telling them what needs fixing? Ah, uh, but wait, Laurel. We're coaching, not fixing. But yes, you're right. You might identify the goal, but that's just the beginning of this step, this G, goal. You and I talked a lot about your goals over and over because that's actually part of the coaching process. Every time we discussed the coaching goals, you got to think out loud about the work you and I were going to do together. It gave you time to position yourself to start growing. Oh, you sneak, she said. Did you know that was happening? Well, it's pretty typical, which is why I'm mentioning it to you. Once you name a goal, ask a lot of questions. 
How do they think about that goal? What's been their experience of it up until today? How far back has it been in their life? She said, you're assuming a lot. In what way, I asked. You're assuming the person actually understands the goal. Well, true. Yes, I am. Here's why. I assume you, as the boss, will select a goal that has been introduced at least once before. A performance review, something. You're not going to pick a goal out of the blue, I hope. And the person probably knows it's their development area. Most of us have been hearing about our development areas since high school. She laughed. Well, you got me there. So you will ask, what do they think about the goals? And you'll listen. And by the way, I hope you'll avoid one big pitfall. Coach bosses often pick three or four development areas. Suddenly, instead of one coaching goal to work on, there's a list. It's too much to focus on all at once. Could I do two, she asked. I laughed. One goal is not enough? Are you suddenly in a hurry? She shook her head and rolled her eyes. It's the competitor in me. Okay, one goal at a time. Fine. So what's the R? I said, reality. She winced. Oh, no. What, I asked. She said, it sounds like slapping some sense into people. I'm going to hit them with reality. Oh, I said, that is not how I meant it. Although, I suppose that could happen. But no, this is about them discovering their reality. This is where you as a coach become the best listener you can be. You ask open-ended questions. You express interest. You withhold judgment. You're listening for their reality. What is their view of reality through the lens of this goal? She looked at me and smiled. Me? Withhold judgment? <laughs> Let's hope. My husband would be happy if I could. Well, I'm with you, I said. Coaching takes self-management. She said, and open-ended questions. Oh, I have tried. It is hard. It is not how my brain works. I said, it's a learned skill. I agree. She asked, what if their reality is completely skewed? I can't let that stand, can I? Well, you're going to have your own lay of the land for sure. But remember, you're human. Your lay of the land isn't more right than the person you're coaching. Think of it as comparing maps. That's how you see it. Here's how I see it. And then ask them a question. What does that sound like to you? Something like that. And then you listen to their reality again. She gave me a look. Entirely too much listening. I'm beginning to regret making this date. Oh, <laughs> just wait, I said. It gets worse. She said, why? Are you about to tell me O? Yeah, I said. O is for options. She said, like, here are your options? No, I answered. More like, what do you think your options are? You ask a question. No telling. But wait, she said. Isn't this the moment of truth? I Look, I don't know what the W is going to be, but isn't this the time to stop talking and take action? I said, it's time for them to figure out what action they want to try. You're coaching, not managing. Look, they might make a mistake or two. Your job as a coach is to help them learn, not make them perfect. She looked at me and took that in. Then she shook her head, a little deflated. This feels like it's going to be slow as hell. My experience is it takes people for freaking ever to figure things out. I laughed. It can. It helps to remember. Coaching is a process, not an event. She groaned. Can we do W and put me out of my misery? 
Not yet, because I haven't been quite fair. In this options step, there is room for you to share what you know. But that doesn't mean telling anyone what to do. The day you hear yourself saying something like, what you should do is, or here's how to do that, kick yourself. No telling, no advising. She said, but then how do I share what I know? I said, talk about yourself. Tell your story. Say, here's how this looks to me. Or, here's something I try to remember in those situations. Or, a strategy that has worked for me is, talk about yourself. She said, I know what you're doing. Talking tentatively. That's in crucial conversations, isn't it? Among others, I agreed. What's wrong with it? Well, nothing. It's just not my style. I mean, I understand why it belongs in a coaching conversation, so they can develop their own thinking, right? Right, I said. Well, it's just not my style. None of this is really my style. But, Laurel, it's not beyond you. It is a stretch, yes, but it's not an impossibility. Well, I'll let you know. Would you like to get better at talking tentatively, I asked? I suppose. I know I'd be a better mom if I could talk more tentatively sometimes. Here's a secret for talking tentatively. Anytime you tell anyone anything, remember, you could be wrong. There's no one version of right. There's only your experience, which is different from my experience, and both are valid. If you speak from what you know, and you accept you don't know everything, talking tentatively becomes pretty easy. She said, <laughs> You know, one word I've heard about me forever, forceful. I think this is why it doesn't occur to me I might be wrong. And Laurel, it has served you well, I said. Look how far you've come. You have been fearless. Well, thanks. But it's going to make me a lousy coach. It's one more stretch for Laurel. Lucky me. Can we please just go to W? I said, sure. W is will or way forward. It's getting the person to self-coach towards the option that leads to their goal. You ask them, how will you execute? What's your plan? When are you going to do it? What might stop you? How are you going to measure success? How do you want to revisit this with me? You're bolstering their will by getting them to picture execution. Finally, she said, some action. But still, this is them creating their development map for themselves. You're the coach on the side taking notes and holding them accountable. You're not creating the regimen or telling them what to do. Okay, she said, I get it. So let me ask, if I do these four grow steps, how long does this take? Is this like one 60-minute conversation? Well, if you're coaching someone who's really nimble, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but with most people, I'm guessing you'll have several conversations before either of you sees any real movement. And then once you do, you could bring another goal to the table and start the cycle again. Laurel reported back that her skills as a coach felt awkward at first, but she began practicing them with her family, which gave her some muscle. What excited her most of all was that as a result of her coaching conversations, 
many of her direct reports began to show signs of the look and sound of leadership. I think a big question got skipped over during my conversation with Laurel. What I said to her was, hey, these are the four steps. When you want to coach one of your people, just think of these four steps. And I went on. But I think a question gets raised. How would you know coaching is even called for? Right? What would you look for? Why would you coach someone and not just manage that person? I want to answer that question. Here's my thinking. Suppose you have a direct report and you see real potential in this woman. You see more potential in her than she sees in herself. You want her to play bigger. How would you manage a goal like play bigger? I think it's hard to measure If it's hard to manage, you could coach towards it. So what you're looking for is you're looking for the people that you want to develop. You want them to be better. You want them to be better with their team, in front of senior leadership, with clients, whatever. When you want someone to be better, that's when you think about coaching. You listen to this episode and you follow the GROW model. All right, so let me give you a challenge about this. Suppose, let's think about this woman with potential. You decide this is a perfect coaching opportunity, and you do the G in grow. You talk with her about the goals for the coaching, and she's excited. She's on board. She's grateful. She's ready to go. Okay, here's the challenge. It is completely natural that at some point, you are going to get invested in the person you're coaching. I hope you do. You will have lots of ideas about how she could achieve more, how she could play bigger. But now you have to remember the four cardinal words in coaching. It's not about you. You, the coach, it is not about you. You are just the coach. I hope you heard this during my conversation with Laurel. You're coaching, not fixing. When you're fixing, you see a problem that you think needs to get better. You have to be willing for them to try their best and miss whatever mark you might be holding for them to hit. But it is not about you, right? I mean, do they think they missed the mark? Was that even the mark they were aiming at? And why are they aiming at your mark and not their own mark, right? Because it's not about you. It's not about you is a really hard idea to grasp. I promise as a coach, I just know it is. I had a great conversation with Dave Stahoviak on his show, the Coaching for Leaders podcast. We discussed It's Not About You at length. It's Dave's episode 190, How to Improve Your Coaching Skills. The link is in the show notes. Let me shift the conversation from the four cardinal words to a question about risk, because I think this whole coaching process could put you in a little risk. So let's imagine you're coaching this young woman and you're going to let her make mistakes because that's how people learn and you're coaching, not fixing. But let's say she presents in front of senior leadership and she's not great. Now here's the risk I wonder about. Are you at risk of having her less-than-excellent performance reflect back on you? That's a good question, huh? I have thoughts about that, which I will share right after this month's gratitude. 
Much gratitude to the folks this month who are helping themselves to the PDFs in the resources bin on our new website. It's EssentialCom.com. The URL is not new, by the way. The website is new. I'm glad the PDFs are helpful. There are new ones this month, including one about the GROW model, one about this episode. So please go help yourself. Another round of gratitude to Sonia Jante and Kimberly Lane for inviting me to be the third voice on their podcast, Unlocking Leadership, Ask the Coaches. I really enjoy answering these coaching questions with them. We don't always agree, but I think that's really part of the fun. Gratitude this month to those of you who reached out asking about DISC. A quick word about DISC. DISC is an assessment People in the workplace take it hundreds of thousands of times every year. I've been working with DISC for more than 20 years. I love DISC. Last year, a group of listeners got together, and they all completed DISC, and then we all learned about it together. It was great. So those of you who asked, here's the answer. Yes, I am doing DISC again. It's going to start with a free hour, which that should be a lot of fun, but then it's going to culminate in a course that you can sign up for, two sessions, two hours each. It's essentially the program I've been delivering for years with teams. It's great. People love it every time. The full class starts in early November. Before that, join us for the free session, Wednesday, November 20th, 4 p.m. Pacific. All the links are in the show notes if you want to find out the dates and all. So come join us. And thanks of those who, who reached out to ask. Thanks. And by the way, to one more thing about DISC. If you've taken DISC before and you think, oh, yeah, I've been there, I've done that, I have to tell you, they have built an amazing learning platform. Oh, my goodness. I, and I have to say, I went into it completely skeptical. It is great. There's lots of new ways to get the information. It's easy. It's really well done. They look great. They're well made. So you'll have a new experience even if you have known DISC before. Hey, I mentioned Dave Stahoviak, but I want to just shout out one more specific piece of gratitude to him. I know that many of you listen to both of us. In my life, I am... Thankful to Dave often for so many different things. But recently, he aired an episode with a woman named Conson Locke. I had never heard of her before. Dave, thank you so much for introducing me to this woman. Whoa, listening to her was a pleasure. What a great communicator with rich ideas, and she communicates them so well. What a pleasure. Thanks for Conson Locke. And yes, the link is in the show note. Give it a listen. She is great to listen to. Finally, Gratitude this month to the people who support the podcast with reviews. Over the years, many of you have written reviews and you've said, wow, I can't believe I'm learning all this stuff for free. Yes, it is free. But if you would like to show your gratitude, post a review like these folks this month. From the United Kingdom, Emanuela at 9M. From Canada, the Rod 67 and Danielle Canada, and from here in the United States, Omaha Foodie. Thank you all. Thank you. Really, I am deeply grateful. Okay, so back to my question about being responsible, right? When do you begin to worry that someone is going to come up to you and say, hey, partner, this person needs to be better. Like, what is wrong with you that you tolerate this? I mean, maybe they're going to say, hey, we all see a problem here. Don't you? Are you the problem? What do you do then? I can imagine at that point you might want the coaching to go faster, but it can't go faster. It is development. 
Development takes time. Think about when you learned to write. I mean, how many years really did it take you to learn to write? And even then, it's kept evolving right over your lifetime. Whatever development goal you're working on with someone, it is going to take them time. It just does. It's like learning to write. So here's my thought about their performance reflecting on you. Tell people. Tell people you're in this process with this person. Tell people you're coaching her. Tell people the development goals that you're working on together. You're going to ask her permission, of course, but I hope she would grant it because you get to let people know that you think she is worth investing in. You get to tell people that you are actively engaged in her development and you hope they will be too. People are going to root for her. I mean, that is a good thing. You can make that happen as a coach. Plus, you get seen as an advocate, a developer of people. That's another good thing, I think. Also, it gives you a great excuse to talk with people you wouldn't normally talk to. So it can be great for your own visibility, too. There's lots of benefits for both of you in this, right? I hope you have the chance to coach. I would love to hear your experience using the GROW model and the behaviors attached to them. If you want to dig deeper, the podcast library is always open, 24 hours a day. Search in the categories Management Skills, Perception, How You Perceive Others, and Relationship Building. By the way, hold on, a quick reference. During this episode with Laurel, we also mentioned Crucial Conversation. That is a book that I is, I'm sure it's on many of your shelves already. It's not so much a book about coaching. It is a book about communication skills and listening, asking open-ended questions and being curious. All those skills are coaching skills. So crucial conversations. I just want to mention it. It's another resource for you. Five specific episodes that you might listen to that are related to this, Coaching Your People, which is episode 132. So it's not this episode, which is how to coach your people. That has different tools in it and two great stories, both of which are true. Facilitating Open Dialogue, which was episode 91, The Human Element, episode 155, Leadership and Listening, episode 83, and Questions as Leadership, episode 26. I hope to see you at the free courses this month. There are two others besides the disc ones. Check it out on the site. Look in the show notes. There's a full course coming up in November. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, that's it from me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.